From KLIN Radio and the Lincoln Independent Business Association, this is the Lincoln Business Beat, a weekly summary of news affecting area business and a review of interesting topics and issues. Along with LEBA President and CEO Bud Seinhorst, I'm Mark Fail. Glad to have you joining us. Lincoln Business Beat is made possible by Currency. You can learn more at GoCurrency.com. Bud, we're getting into a little more of the details on uh, budgets. And <laughs> there's, uh, there's some uh, serious money in this. But one of the other discussions that happened recently was for the city of Lincoln, a secondary water source. How important is that in the big scheme of things and... I've heard, you know, we're okay for 25 years. Is this too early to be starting something like this? Well, I think it's interesting. What we found in 2019 with the floods, we saw we were on the verge of losing our water source. So we had a real vulnerability. We were very vulnerable. And so I think it's, it's an important topic that we need to address because we don't want our water to become like other cities we've heard about around the country. And I, I think it is important, you know, if it's 25 years, we've got to have that conversation because there's a lot of infrastructure involved, and it's going to take some time to determine what the best option for the city of Lincoln will be. So I I think it's good that we're having the conversation. I'm glad we're having that conversation now. Who's all involved in, in the study period? Uh, do you know the some of the players? Well, yeah, we have, there's a, a water source advisory council that the city has put together and it's got a lot of different members. Uh, Susan Seacrest from here in Lincoln is involved. She's the chair of the committee. And and Susan used to work for the Groundwater Foundation. I think she's one of the founders of the Groundwater Foundation. So I think she's got a nice background. Uh, State Senator Elliot Bostar is the vice chair. Liz Elliott from Transportation Utilities is on there. And then there's a, a a nice mix of state senators, county commissioners, city council members, and, and other community members that are going to take a look at what our options are and what we can do to pursue a secondary water source. So this is in addition to any of the uh, conservation measures that we could, be, could be implemented earlier. This is really looking at a more permanent or at least a somewhat permanent additional supplies. Correct. Is that, is that a fair? That's very correct, Mark. And I think... The important thing here is we have our current water source. If something happens and we have to shut that down, we can kind of flip the switch to be able to still provide water to the community. So there's really two options that the city of Lincoln is looking at right now. Uh, the first option is to tie in with the Metropolitan Util- Utilities District in Omaha, MUD, uh, to tie into their system. Um, and then the other option that's being looked at is building a pipeline all the way to the Missouri River to get our own source direct from the Missouri. So those are the two options that, that the city's looking at. It'll be interesting to see what comes out of this process as they go through and look at the various options. Well, in, in the legislature, at least the um, initial funds for studying this possible recreation area between here and Omaha, does that have, have any effect on this at some point? Uh, That's that. From my understanding, it's completely independent. So the legislature did allocate, I think it was about twenty million dollars uh, for Lincoln to start pursuing this, which is you know help pay for the study and some of those other things as we as we move forward. So, 
Well, it's a long-term uh, discussion topic, and I'm sure we'll be discussing that in future uh, Lincoln Business Beats. It's a very long-term discussion topic and also a long-term financial discussion because I think we're talking somewhere between $300 million and a billion dollars wow. today. Now, think about if that happens over the next 10 years, that those numbers are actually going to grow. So in my mind, I think we're making a, a generational decision and investment. And so there'll be a lot of a lot of things to talk about as the city comes through with their updates. And with the, with the growth in the city and the surrounding area, uh, you, you really made some good points. It's time to look ahead. Yeah, absolutely. I like to see us looking ahead and thinking about the future. Looking ahead at night in this city uh, got a little, <laughs> little bit of a rainbow effect. Uh, you know, uh, Prince is not performing, but we got a little uh, purple. It's it's like we have a dedication to Prince. Instead of purple rain, it's the purple lights of Lincoln. And, you know, a couple of years ago, the city went to these new LED streetlights and contra- contracted with a company. And what we're seeing is those lights. And it happened about probably 18 months ago. You started seeing these random purple lights I didn't know what it was for. I thought maybe there was something special going on, but it's actually defective lights. And now we're seeing them all over. You know, I think there's not a not a place in the city you can go without finding the purple lights of Lincoln. Yeah, and you know, my, I start work during the week at 4:30, so I'm usually traveling between uh uh 3:45 and 4:15. I see a lot more of them than a lot of people do. It's amazing I've noticed it as we've started to talk about it and figure it out. I've noticed a lot more of that. And and one of the things that we've been trying to figure out as we talk with the city is, okay, first and foremost, where's the cost lie in replacing these lights? Because, I mean, I drove along Highway 2 recently, and it seemed like there were maybe four or five regular-looking lights, and the rest of them were all purple. And so the company that they contracted with, is, the lights are covered under warranty. And so the company is replacing the bulbs, obviously, or the lights. And they're also paying for the contractors to implement those lights. So that's the good news, right? I mean, they're getting it fixed. They're addressing it. And that company is standing behind it and taking care of it. So it's not costing the taxpayers additional money. They did have... A pause as one of the contractors they were working with to implement the light or put the lights in and change them uh, went out of business. They found a new contractor, and so that's all happening now. So it's it's just got to be up, uh, updated and fixed. Yeah, just just fixing some some things. It's like warranty work on your car, only it's yeah. everywhere. Yeah. I'm telling you the truth, I kind of like them, but uh, I'm not in the majority there. Yeah, so. exactly. All right. Well, I understand you had some discussions with Lincoln Transportation, the utility crew here not too long ago. We're going to get into that in just a couple of minutes. Yeah, lots to learn about LTU and their budget. How about uh, this? Do you need help finding reliable financing options, maybe for heavy machinery, trucks, or other equipment for your business? Currency is here to help. Now, Currency specializes in finding the most competitive financing options for construction equipment, farm equipment, trucks, trailers, and other big-ticket items. Now, whether you're replacing old machines or expanding your fleet, Currency makes it easy to get financing. And the best of all, it's secure and free to use, and it gives you a single point of contact for the entire process. Go to GoCurrency.com. Right there, you can fill out the application. Currency will automatically find a lender offering the best rates and terms. Currency's equipment financing made simple. Visit GoCurrency.com and apply today. Offers may vary and arranged by Express Tech Financing, LLC. Doing business as currency 
pursuant to CFL license 60DBO-54873. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants. They all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Well, Bud, uh, you recently had... Uh long discussion with Lincoln Transportation and Utilities about a variety of topics, and in especially in the transportation area. Uh, we learned about the 14th and Warlock uh, discussions, <laughs> and what are we going to do out at that mix, Master? Here we go again. 14th and Warlock is back on the, on the docket. Um, looking, you'll recall a couple years ago, there was a a proposed double-decker roundabout, going to be one of the only ones in the world. And and as they evaluated that, that was coming in at the $45, $48 million range, just not feasible for the city of Lincoln. So that was has been scrapped. And now they're, they're looking back and, and seeing what they can do in order to change the traffic flow up there in that area, which is, you know, first thing in the morning and, at about five o'clock in the afternoon, there's a little bit of backup on traffic there, so they're trying to find a way to to generate better flow over there. And there's been some major accidents at uh, 14th and Old Cheney too. Yeah, that you know, 14th, Old Cheney, Warlick, they all meet right there. You know, people are coming in off the 77. You've got people coming and going from you know Southwest High School in the mornings and then in the evenings back and forth, uh, and then you've got Old Cheney. It just becomes quite the the intersection. To navigate. What does it mean for area businesses? And we've got some pretty good-sized businesses in that area. Well, um, the interesting thing, a couple of years ago with this double-decker roundabout that they were going to do, it was going to close some businesses. There's that strip mall at 14th and Old Cheney with several different small businesses. It was going to knock some of that out, some of those kind of things. I think Fiserv, it was going to impact their area. So what they've done is there's that big church over there just west of 14th Street, um, they're going to do a roundabout, a couple of roundabouts near the church. One of them's going to be on Warlick, and one of them's going to be on Old Cheney, uh, just to try to kind of divert the flow of traffic and how people can get in and out of the neighborhoods there and, and how they can navigate that, getting to Highway 2, Old Cheney, South Lincoln, and those kind of things. So um, we'll see how that goes. It looks like uh, right now in today's money, and I always talk about today's money because construction costs are continuing to skyrocket with supply chain issues, but they're looking at about $29 million, a little over $29 million um, to streamline that traffic flow. The other interesting thing that's going to come into play here is on Old Cheney, if you go even a little bit further west to the Highway 77 bypass, 
you know, now that we're going with the South Beltway, you're not going to have access onto Highway 77 from Old Cheney. So they haven't determined yet whether that's just going to dead end or if there's going to be an overpass over Highway 77. So I think you'll see traffic patterns shift once some of this starts to happen. Yeah, and I, I heard one number that said that the 14th Old Cheney Warlick intersection they're projecting 54,000 vehicles a day in the next five to ten years that so we've got to do something yeah that number is kind of interesting to me um and would have to dig into those projections but i think we'll see a little bit of uh relief when the south beltway is finally going and right and, along. and that leads us right into highway two because some major changes in the city for highway two because of the south beltway project uh, the city's going to have to take it over. Yeah, and so it's it's interesting because Highway 2 is now uh, under the state of Nebraska, the Nebraska Department of Transportation, but that nine-mile stretch of Highway 2 is now going to become the city's, the city's going to take over ownership, essentially. So for the last several years, the state has been contracting with the city of Lincoln for snow removal and those types of things, but now once that beltway opens... They're going to gift it to the city, I guess, so to speak, along with about $10 million. And that'll be a one-time payment. That'll be a one-time payment, which, you know, we've got nine miles of road there from Highway 2 through Lincoln. You're not going to be able to address all of the, the maintenance and updates and all that from Highway 2. I think with the reduction of semi-truck traffic on Highway 2, it will help. It's going to take some time. So now we've got an additional budgetary item that we need to be thinking about from a city perspective now that we're going to have to make sure now we're on the hook for all the pothole replacements fixing the road you know operations maintenance and obviously new road there so does this uh, affect the county in any way because i believe the far east end of the bypass is i think actually in the county and then you've got uh, the designation of highway two that it as it connects to 77 on the west end there at van dorn but see does that all become city it, th that nine mile stretch i think essentially from van dorn out to 84th 96 kind of out in that area toward bennett that's all going to become city of lincoln so um the city will be on the like i said on the hook to take care of it so that's one of those things you know we talked with the water source about thinking forward and and this is one of those things we're going to have to start thinking forward now that we're on the hook for all the maintenance and all those kind of things. Good thing they did a overlay, what, two, three years ago there on a good portion of uh, that yeah. through the, the center. It, well, it was a mess driving. Oh, yeah. It, it uh, <laughs> was a lot better. In your discussions with uh, LTU, uh, funding sources, talking about uh, different things, uh, roads, uh, their budget process, uh, do you have a pretty good discussion? We We had a very productive discussion. And... One of the things that we're trying to do is we want to be very informed as we as we talk about the budget and understand everything. And so we met with the director of LTU, Liz Elliott, and she was outstanding to walk through kind of what things are funded in their budget, how their budget's funded, and, and all of those other things to just really help guide what's going on and, and how they work. So it's it's very fascinating. A lot of different moving parts in those budgets, I would think, and everything from fuel for their vehicles, uh, whether it's gas or diesel, or I know they've even, I believe, got some uh, CNG-powered vehicles, maybe even some uh, hybrid electric. 
uh, to even painting crosswalks and things like that. There's just a lot that you don't really realize they have to take care of. Yeah, it's very interesting with LTU because, you know, they, they oversee StarTran. They're the ones that are fixing the potholes. Those are the, they're the ones removing the snow, you know. So it's, it's one of those departments that impacts us on just a daily basis. But, you know, all the equipment that they have, the sand, the brine, the other things that they use, all of those kind of things. And to see that all come together and, you know, the StarTran hasn't been charging fees for a couple of years. Now that's supposed to go back into effect in October. Um, to see what happens, you know, we'll see what happens ridership-wise. But their funding comes from a lot of different sources. So 76% of their budget comes from user fees, 11% from state and federal funding, 8% from the general fund of the city, and 5% from the voter the vehicle tax. And I, I was just amazed at just understanding the different components that come into how their budget is funded. Well, our user fees like water and sewer uh, payments, because that's under LTU as well. Yeah, exactly. You bring up a great point, Mark. So the water fees and all those other kind of fees that you you pay for, the landfill is also under LTU. So it's this it's this department that has all these moving parts. And the one that impacts us on a daily basis is really the streets, probably the most. Streets and water, two departments that we use every day. And the streets and is, is an interesting one on how we're going to fund our street projects. And so the there's highway allocation money that the city gets. And during the previous administration, Mayor Beitler changed the way they use the highway allocation money. And they went from asphalt and concrete, I'll say, for lack of better terms, to fixing streets they went to operations and maintenance. And so that's where we've seen a lot of the, you know, backup on those kind of things. Then three years ago, we had the quarter cent sales tax for Lincoln on the move to fix the streets. And that sunsets here in a couple of years. And so it's just, you've got to look at a lot of things when you look at the LTU budget, including the capital improvement program or the CIP because the things that are in the first two years of the CIP budget are actually the things that are, are in the CIP are the things that are going to be budgeted for in a budget year. So, you know, you've got to look at those kind of things. And when you look at um, in this next budget year, there's about $38 million for LTU in the CIP. Now, a large portion of that is going to come from biogas, landfill gas to renewable energy. And we've seen some things recently in the in the media about what they're doing to try to take the landfill and create usable product out of the landfill. So there's a big investment coming there. So there's just a lot of things, you know, we pay a wheel tax and it was interesting to see the breakdown of the wheel tax. Uh, about 15% of it comes from residential street rehab fund to use for repairs of residential streets. About 35% of it is their construction fund for design and construction and acquisition, sometimes of right-of-way to build streets. And then 50% goes into street operation maintenance fund, general street improvements, operations, and other maintenance on our streets. So um, it's kind of interesting to see when we pay that wheel tax where it actually is going. And you've got a factor in there, the growth of the city. And if you've got X number of miles this year, 
in two years, you may have that plus 10%. Well, yeah, and we've talked about growth a lot um, over the last year, especially with the opening of the Beltway. The city's going to grow that way, which means more residential development, more commercial development, all of those types of things, which is going to increase number of streets that we have to build, number of streets we have to maintain, you know, which is fixing potholes and taking care of snow removal and all those kind of things. So it's just very fascinating to see all the moving parts that are involved with. What you've just mentioned is the other side of growth that you have to take into consideration. And along with that, inflation pressures, supply chain have made a lot of the input costs for LTU, I'm assuming, to go up fairly substantially. I mean, they've got to have supplies to fix the roads. They've got to have fuel for their vehicles. Uh, I imagine even they do, I mean, they, they're they over the uh, water and sewer. I'm guessing there's something with <laughs> just, handling that that prices have gone up as well. The, the prices, and, and, and we hear this from the city, we've heard it from the county, construction prices uh, for roads and bridges is up about 40%. Wow. That's just construction costs now. That's the materials and the cost of the construction. That doesn't include what we're paying in gas. Gas is up 44% over the last 12 or 18 months and all those things. So there's just a lot of moving parts. And so the inflation is hitting us everywhere as citizens. It's hitting us as taxpayers, and it's hitting us in our own pocketbooks. A lot more to discuss budget-wise. Uh, let's, uh, on our next edition of the Lincoln Business Beat, let's go a little deeper into some other areas. Uh, Absolutely. I look forward to jumping into the budget. We'll have, I'm sure, a lot of discussions over the next few weeks. I, I would imagine that uh, public safety is one of those topics. Yeah, we've heard a lot about public safety, so I think that those are great lead-ins to the things that we can talk about here in the next week or two, just getting through what's happening in our community. This is the Lincoln Business Beat from the Lincoln Independent Business Association and KLIN Radio. Reviewing and updating business owners and community members about what's happening in the business community in and around Lincoln. Along with LEBA President and CEO Bud Seinhorst, I'm Mark Vail. Lincoln Business Beat is made possible by Currency. Learn more at GoCurrency.com.